بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن اهتدى بهداه so inshallah ta'ala I'm going to replace tafsir with fiqh today inshallah due to the importance of this mas'ala and um, this issue has come to me many 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 times several times and a lot of people ask these questions I have promised a week ago to answer this inshallah ta'ala in details and the question was just I will give you inshallah the bottom line okay inshallah ta'ala so to close this door completely because what what happens is that those who do it criticize those who do not do it and those who do not do it okay or those who do it do criticize those who do it so let's see what is right what is wrong are both permissible or just one of them and this act is Again, if you enter the masjid and the imam is delivering the khutbah, the imam is delivering the khutbah, the Friday sermon, is it permissible to pray to rak'ah while the khutbah is in progress, is going on, or just better to sit and listen to the khutbah? And we have seen both. We have seen people who come and pray to rak'ahs in the middle of the khutbah, at the end of the khutbah, in the beginning of the khutbah, and you have see other people that just come and sit right away. What is right? What is wrong? Are both okay? One of them is okay. One of them is not okay. So it's important, inshallah ta'ala, to understand this issue. How many one of you says it's okay to pray to rak'ahs during the khutbah? Show hands. Okay. How about the, just to show hands? If you if you think that you should not perform any salah during the khutbah, okay, okay, beautiful. Let's look at it. Yeah. God, yes, I'm gonna talk about this inshallah. Okay. So inshallah ta'ala, I will explain it to you and I, inshallah I ask all of you to, to, to spread this knowledge because this is very, very important mas'ala. You know, we have four schools of thought, right? Four. Al-Hanabila, Al-Shafi'iyya, Al-Ahnaf, Al-Malikiyya, right? So Al-Hanabila, both the Hanbali, and the Shafi'i school. I want you to memorize this, especially these names. The, the Hanbali and the Shafi'i school, both, state that it is recommended for a latecomer to the Friday prayer to pray to rak'ahs even if the Imam is delivering the sermon. Who said that again? Shafi'i and Hanbali. These two schools state that it is highly recommended for a latecomer to the Friday prayer not to sit without praying to rak'ah, even if the Imam in the middle of the khutbah, the end of the khutbah, the beginning of the khutbah, you come to the masjid, you pray to rak'ahs before you sit. And then we will talk where this opinion came from. And then on the other side, the Maliki and the, the, 
the Hanafi school, the Hanafi school, they consider this to be an impermissible act. Okay? They consider this, this is not permissible. They deem it not permissible to pray to rak'ahs if the khutbah is in progress and they, in their opinion or their madhab, they said, listening to the khutbah takes a precedence over tahiyyatul masjid. Because these two rak'ahs, if you ask any person, what these two rak'ahs for? What these two rak'ahs for? Is it sunnah, is it? No, these two rak'ahs for greeting the mosque. Tahiyyatul masjid. Okay? This, so now we have, we understand who said yes and who said no. Now let's look at where the two schools, the first opinion, got their fatwa from, and where the second opinion got their fatwa from. A lot of people sometimes they think that, for example, Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah said no, that it happens a lot of times because the hadith did not reach him. But not in every case. Not in every case. This hadith actually, Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, was fully, fully aware of this hadith. But even though he did not act upon this hadith. And when you see, oh, this is, sounds weird. We all know Abu Hanifa is very strict. He said, once you find the hadith, put my madhab on the side and take the hadith. So here, is he going against the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, him and Imam Malik rahimahullah? Then we need to understand because this is very important. This goal this is the art of fiqh, right? Because it's not sufficient to, to just, uh, what do you call it, have one particular hadith regarding one particular subject and use this hadith and that's it. For any imam, any scholars to give a fatwa, to issue any fatwa, this is, insha'Allah, for your sake to understand this. For any imam, any scholar to give a fatwa regarding any matter, what you should do? You get, see how many hadith have been narrated regarding this matter. Put all of them together. See if there are any Quranic verses from the Quran. And then when you have everything in front of you, then you will understand where this came from. So now, when you look at the first opinion, which is the opinion of al-Shafi'iyya and al-Hanabila, the hadith is very strong. What is the hadith that they used to pray to rak'ahs if the imam is delivering the khutbah? What is that hadith? When the Prophet said, huh? Yes, it happened in Sahih al-Bukhari, very un-Muslim. It's actually, you can call it agreed upon hadith, which is the highest, highest level of, yeah. A man came, the Prophet ﷺ was delivering the khutbah. A man came and then he sat down. The Prophet ﷺ stopped to the khutbah. Okay? I don't want to say stop to the khutbah because there is something here. The Prophet ﷺ asked him, have you prayed so and so? Have you prayed? He didn't even ask, have you prayed? Tahiyyat al-Masjid, be careful. Have you prayed? The man said, no, O Prophet of Allah. He said, get up and pray to rak'ahs. This is the opinion of, uh, this is the hadith of, that the Shafi'iyya and al-Hanabila took it as a basis for this ruling, for this fatwa, that this hadith is, that man came and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, have you prayed so and so? And then he said, no, that get up and pray to rak'ah. 
And from this, they said it is highly recommended to pray to rak'ah when you come to, during the khutbah. But the question is I ask you, did you hear any other narration of the hadith or any other riwayah, different version of this hadith? Or this is the only version that you heard before? This is the only one. That's the problem. That is the problem. That is the problem. When you only heard one version of the hadith, but you never, because the hadith has been narrated in so many different ways. There is a narration in Al-Bukhari, another one in Muslim, another one in Tirmidhi, another one that, one hadith simply mentioned a man came to the Prophet and then just. Another narration actually described that man. The Sahaba described, literally described that man who came. That description also gives you a lot of meanings. Right? Mentioned us. So the, the riwayah of Imam al-Bukhari is very brief, rahimahullah. Just simply a man came during the khutbah that have you prayed? No, get up and pray to rak'ah. Right? And then another riwayah mentioned more information and more details about that man. And here, subhanallah, where this came from. If you look at this, you look at the hadith of the Prophet okay, that was okay, implemented or practiced by who? By al-Shafi'iyya and al-Hanabila. But al-Ahnaf and al-Malikiyya did not act upon this hadith. Even though, even let's say for example, put Imam Abu Hanifa on the side, you would say Imam Abu Hanifa was too far. How about Imam Malik? Imam Malik was from where? Where did he live? Al-Madina. Al-Madina. That's Al-Madina. Literally Al-Madina. He lived his entire... He's the only scholar did not travel anywhere. Anywhere Imam Malik. Didn't go anywhere. Because you don't need to go anywhere. You are in the city of Al-Madina. All some of the Sahaba were alive. And the Tabi'een. So for Imam Malik to get the Hadith and not to act upon it, then you should ask yourself the question, how come? Right? Make sense? This is very important for him to get the hadith. And he's from the people, from Al-Madina. And then not to act upon this hadith, that it makes you question, what made Imam Malik, rahimahullah, not practice this hadith during the time, during his time? Are we, so far you are with me? Okay. Let's take the time because I really want to, should we continue or stop here and give you the rest next week? You guys have, you're okay? You have time? You have time? Okay. Okay, then, okay, <laughs> Okay. But more important than this, just I want you to take and talk about it to people. Okay. So the first, okay. Now, they said, it is transmitted from the majority of the early Muslims from the Sahaba including Umar radiyallahu an, Uthman radiyallahu an, Ali radiyallahu an, and many of the tabi'een, many of the tabi'een did not, did not deem it permissible to pray during the khutbah jum'ah. Not only that, in addition to that, the practice of the people of al-Madina, amal ahl al-Madina, the practice of the people of al-Madina is not to pray while the Imam is delivering the khutbah. That's the practice of the people of Al-Madinah. This is where Imam Malik, rahimahullah, issued his fatwa 
right? The practice of the people of Medina not to pray while the Imam is delivering the khutbah. Okay, that seems very cool right now. Why? How then the Sahaba Umar and Ali and Uthman understood that hadith? Because for them, in front of them, they were present, right? They were present. When the Prophet asked that Sahabi to stand up and pray, they were there. But for them not to take it, not to act upon it, will make you question that it must be something, uh, something gloomy here, something not clear. That's why, subhanAllah, I said, when you ask anyone, um, why you pray to rakas during the khutbah, he'll tell you, yeah, because the man who came and the Prophet said, pray. Uh, okay, anything else you have? No, that's it. But let me give you what you don't have. The first part is that the hadith has come through many different ways. Okay, many. Many narrations. The version of Imam al-Bukhari is the briefest, the, the, the shortest one. Other versions actually give provided further information. Gave details in the hadith. This is number one. The second point, it has been reported authentically when that when the Prophet ﷺ commanded that Sahabi to get up and pray, you know what did he do in some narration? The Prophet refrained from continuing with the khutbah until he finished the two rak'ah. Careful. This is not from me. It has been reported that the Prophet stopped the khutbah, didn't finish. When he told him to pray, he stopped, he paused. He gave him a minute or two, he prayed, and then he resumed the khutbah. This is the second narration. The third narration, they said, that man, as the Sahaba said, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said, the Prophet وسلم, commanded him to pray to rak'ah due to his what? His shabby look. What is shabby look? Meaning that Sahabi was very poor, and he was not even wearing, they said in the hadith, hadith, Rathu Siyab, his thobe were very uh, kind of indecent clothes to come to the Friday. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam commanded him to get up and pray to Raka'ah. Why? Why? Guess why? So he Sallallahu wanted to draw people's attention to him so that after the khutbah can give him a charity. Can you imagine that? This, all these things are missing. Most of these things you do not find unless you go deep. So the Prophet asked him literally to stand up. And to, so when you stand up, usually imagine that the khatib is given the khutbah, right? Everyone is listening attentively. And all of a sudden, a man come and sit. And then I said, hey, brother Mas'ud, have you prayed? No, get up and pray. What is going to happen to the rest? Everybody will say, like this, who's that, right? Who's that? This is number one. So the Prophet said, and not only that, and I waited for him to finish. I didn't even, I waited. I stopped my khutbah for him to finish. That means the Prophet wanted to draw the attention so people can see his shape, his look, and then they can give him something. In another hadith, he said, in another narration, the Prophet actually encouraged the Sahaba to give him sadaqah. In another narration, you have about four to five narrations. People only know one part of it. That's why they say, oh brother, why you don't? Why you do? Why you don't? You have to understand that. So now from this, 
That's why the ulama, look subhanAllah, you just think about it. Even though if you do it, it is permissible. However, based on the hadith and the understanding of the sahaba, you will come to know clearly that listening to the khutbah takes a precedence over tahiyyatul masjid. Why? Think about it this way. If the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, just to tell your brother right next to you, be quiet during the Jum'ah. What happened? You lost your Jum'ah. Just to tell him, be quiet. Okay, just you sit like this, huh? sit like this, and then you play with the carpet and you, 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 you touch something, you're touching pebbles, the Prophet that you have committed like blameworthy and rejected act, just touching the carpet. Maybe, but why? Because you are distracted. Of course, praying to rak'ahs in the middle of the khutbah causes more distraction, right? Than just touching the carpet. And that's why in another hadith, it's a very important, subhanAllah, just for any student of knowledge. Let's now see. You, know, you all know the hadith when the Prophet was in the middle of the khutbah, right? A man came late. What did he do? That happened sometimes these days. He was coming and he's made his way towards the front. And usually when people are sitting, what you do like this? Okay? Yes. Okay, brother, excuse me. You're stepping over the necks of people. What did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said? He said what? Ijlis, sit, sit down. You have caused harm and you came late. The question is, why the Prophet didn't tell him, stop out there and pray to Raka'ah? He said, sit down. He didn't command him to pray to Raka'ah. Okay, this is one. Another hadith, very authentic, with that man who came when the Prophet in the middle of the khutbah and he made his way towards the pulpit and he said, Ya Rasulullah, the wealth has been destroyed and this and that. Ask Allah to send us rain in the middle of the khutbah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua, oh Allah, give us to drink. He didn't command that sahaba to pray to raka'ah. Once you put these ahadith together, right, do and do not do, you will come to the conclusion. It, then, then that hadith, it seems like it appears to apply specifically, specifically to that particular person because he was in need and the Prophet ﷺ wanted to draw the Sahaba attention to him. And in general, the respected brothers, something I'll give you, inshallah, we'll end up with this. That's a, it's a ruling in fiqh, by the way, and even in the sharia. They call, this is one of the principles of the sharia. If you have something in Islam, right? A text, one text, forbidding something. Another text permitting the same thing. Careful. Like for example, the Prophet ﷺ forbid, for example, to urinate while standing, right? Right? Okay. Another hadith has been narrated that the Prophet ﷺ urinated while standing. And both are correct. <clears throat> One is per permitting, one is what? Forbidding. What happens here? The precedence in the Sharia, the precedence is given to what? Is given to, what, to, what? to the text forbidding the act, not permitting the act. Did you get this point? 
This is something in fiqh and in the sharia. When you have don't undo and both, there is a hadith, sahih hadith here, sahih hadith here, the sharia said no. The precedence is given to what? Text forbidding the act. And that's why when the Prophet ﷺ said, don't do it. Another hadith, he said, do it. And both are there in the sharia, even without all this explanation, everything, in the sharia of Allah Azza wa a precedence is given to the, at the text forbidding that act. Then you go with, do not do. Better than going with what? Do it. Is it clear here? This is very important, insha'Allah Let's say, for example, this is only in case of Friday, and this will answer Brother Sayyid's question. In general, in general, other than Friday, if you enter the masjid, and the, the adhan is being, the adhan is in progress, the mu'adhan is in progress, making the adhan. What you do, other than Friday? You wait. You listen to the adhan, Repeat, because after Adhan you have time for Sunnah. In Friday, if you enter the masjid and the Adhan is going, what you do? You don't wait. You pray. You don't wait for the Adhan. This is only special rulings for the Jum'ah. If you really want to do the two rak'ahs, tahiyyat al-masjid, then don't wait for the, for the uh, mu'adhin to finish, and the khatib start, and then you pray. In Jum'ah, you don't wait. Right away, as soon as you enter. In the middle of the Adhan, if you want, then do it. A lot of people, you see them when the mu'adhin, I'm in the minbar, I see everyone. People are waiting. In Jum'ah, you do not wait. Jum'ah has special rulings. Different than any other day and different than any other prayer. However, even in general, in Jum'ah, even in general, if you enter the masjid and the mu'adhin is calling the adhan, it is better to sit. Better to sit right away. That's in Jum'ah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So we can say not doing it is not right, but based on the ahadith and the text and how the Sahaba practiced, then definitely sitting and listening takes way, way more precedence over praying tahiyyatul masjid. Because you need to keep in mind that the khutbah is actually replaces the two rak'ah of dhuhr. By definition, that khutbah is replacing the two rak'ah. That's why Friday is only made of two rak'ahs, because of Jum'ah khutbah. So Jum'ah khutbah is actually salah. That's why if you say to your brother, be quiet, you lost it because in, in Salah you don't talk. Same thing in Jum'ah, khutbah, you cannot talk. The, two, the khutbah is replacing the two rak'ahs that we do not pray. That's why it's important that listening to the, um, the khutbah is very, very Allah says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, idha nudiya lissalati min yawm al-jum'ah, fas'aw ila dhikrillah. Did he say fas'aw ila salah? What is dhikrullah? It's actually the khutbah. Run, rush to the remembrance of Allah. All the scholars of tafsir said, the remembrance of Allah is the khutbah, not the salah. The salah is if you have, you pray five times a day. Yes, the, the dhikr of Allah here is the rush to the listening of the khutbah. Which is a lot of people say, as long as I catch my two rak'ahs, I did my part. No. Jum'ah, actually khutbah is the main part of the Friday. What made Friday Eid for us a holiday is because of the khutbah, not because of the two rak'ah that we pray. Is it clear insha'Allah ta'ala? So I ask you insha'Allah ta'ala to spread this knowledge, especially regarding this issue. Gather these informations in your mind. Once you go home, take some notes so you don't forget 
and inshallah ta'ala you can share it with others in Ibn Allah Azza wa Jal. Yeah? Exactly.